Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone. Thank you for coming today. And I am so excited to introduce my guest, Yvette Hampton. She is the producer and host of The Schoolhouse Rocked, the Homeschool Revolution movie and the podcast, Schoolhouse Rocked. Yvette, would you, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Would you like to go ahead and tell us all a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, As you said, I'm the producer and host of the movie Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution. And we have two podcasts, actually, the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast and the Homeschool Insights podcast. Um, And but more importantly than that, um, I love Jesus with all my heart. I love my family with all my heart. Um, I have two daughters. They are 12 and 17 years old. And uh, my husband and I get to do ministry together full time. We absolutely love it. Um, he he does all the hard work, all the behind the scenes work uh, for the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry. That is actually our full time family ministry. And I get the fun job of getting to just record with people and speak on occasion and things like that. So um, so yeah, the Lord's just called us to this ministry of homeschooling and family discipleship. And we love it. We love being a family who gets to work together and um but my my greatest joy truly is being a wife and a mom and a follower of Jesus. So that's who we are. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. I I love that you get to be able to do this with your whole family. I mean, that's something that we strive for so much. And anything that I'm able to do with my husband, I enjoy so much more than anything I'm doing on my own. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Where, I mean, sometimes I say we're lucky enough that he's a disabled vet, but he had to go through a lot to be able to be there. So yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So your movie, The Schoolhouse Rocked, I, I'll i admit I'm a very bad friend. I have not had five <laughs> minutes to even think about watching it yet, but I'm, it's like, you know, it's in my queue and I'm so yeah. excited. Um, my husband's excited to watch it too. Um, but you want to tell us a little bit about that movie and sure, what sure. sparked like you wanting to go there and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's longer than five minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to set aside about an hour and a half. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a crazy story. Um, we said we'd never homeschool, never, ever, ever, ever. And my husband and I, we were been those married, people too. So right? yeah, as most people are, it seems like most homeschool families today, you know, we're in that same boat. But our oldest daughter was born after we had been married for almost 11 years. And so for those whole 11 years before she came, we said we'd never homeschool. And then for the the next few years, we still said we'd never homeschool. And by the time she hit four years old, we started looking at the public schools in our area. We're from Los Angeles. And so we were looking at the LA County school system and we were like, you know, so maybe this homeschool thing is looking a little bit better. And uh, we just, we prayed about it. We went to a homeschool convention that year, um, I was big pregnant with my youngest daughter at the time. So I was waddling around the conference. It was super fun. <laughs> that was kind of funny, actually, because I, I was huge pregnant. I, like, 
I was one of those people where they were asking me when I was only about six months pregnant, if I was having twins right. or, you know, saying, Oh, you must be doing any day. I'm like, no, we still have like three, almost four months to go. Um, but for whatever reason, I just carried her big anyway, that was total side note. Um, yeah. but I just, I say that cause That's I remember part of being a mom, like right, just right, having just, those, like connections with that. Yeah, it, it, was it that is. Mom. I was that pregnant lady too. And I even did have twins, but. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. I just, I remember literally waddling through that conference and um, we went to this convention and, and seriously in one weekend alone, it was like the Lord completely changed our hearts about homeschooling. And we got to see that it was really about family discipleship. And yeah. it wasn't really at all about that. Well, I won't say at all. It wasn't about the academics only. Yeah. Um, the academics were part of it, but that was kind of the icing on the cake. What it was really about is the relationship with our kids, pointing them to Jesus every day, all day, and building a relationship as a family. But it was really about discipleship. And um, so once we started to understand that, we said, okay, so this is really what we're going to do. And I went in with my knees knocking and sweat on my brow, and I had no idea what I was doing. I hated school growing up, which is one of the reasons why I said I would never homeschool my kids. And I really, really struggled in school academically. And so I just thought I hated it the first time. Why would I want to do it all over again? But the Lord had different plans. Or maybe it's so, why would you want to subject your kids to this? Right, right. Ex exactly. Well, that's the funny thing is I thought I hated it, but I planned on putting my kids in it. And now I'm like, okay, you know, that didn't make sense. I, I mean, I hated the social part of school because I was like the nerdy fat kid and I still kind of am, but <laughs> at least I'm I'm very uh, settled in who I am. Yeah. But I loved academics. I loved all the things that we did in school, the clubs and the, and yeah. band and FFA. And I was that I was part of everything. And so I, I sometimes feel sad for my kids on that one, but mm -hmm. then I, you know, there's involved in so many other activities that I don't think they even, plus we have homeschool prom. So, you know, right, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, actually. Um, that it's so funny how there are so many resources for kids now. But um, so anyway, we we started homeschooling in about, oh, I guess it was about five years or six years into our homeschooling. Um, the Lord, my husband had worked in the Hollywood film industry for many years. And so um, he he was, you know, wanting to make a film himself. He had worked in special effects and done all sorts of other things, but he really wanted to make a film. And at the same time as that, the Lord put it on his heart to film a documentary on homeschooling because the reason we said we would never homeschool was because we had so many just misconceptions about it. We believed all the stereo, all the negative stereotypes about homeschoolers. And I was like, I don't drive a minivan. I don't have a long denim dress. I don't, I have, you say, know, <laughs> I, I, I started to be like, and I don't want to have to make my kids only wear denim. And I was like, oh, I don't right. want to offend her either. So. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, no. I don't make my own bread, which you do. I know, but I still don't know how to make bread. Um, I'm a horrible cook. I'm horrible in the kitchen. I mean, like I just didn't fit the mold that I thought mm -hmm. being a homeschool mom was. And so I, I just thought I, I, I can't, like, I'm never going to be able to do this. And so um, when we started homeschooling and the Lord had changed us and we got into it and we were so many years into it and realized that, oh yes, we can not by my own strength, but by the Lord's strength and by his wisdom, we can totally do this. We wanted to share that message with so many others because we were meeting so many people and seeing so many people post on Facebook and, and stuff that, you know, I just can't do this homeschool thing. I don't know how to do this. And they had the same misconceptions that we had. 
And so the Lord put it on my husband's heart to film this documentary. And he said, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to just trust the Lord. And so we did. And, and kind of as part of that story, we were living in um, LA County. We sold our house and pretty much everything in our house, loaded our kids up into an RV, and we left California in December of 2016 and ventured out into the country, not really knowing where we were going or who we were really going to interview. We had already done a couple of interviews, but we didn't know how it was all going to unfold. We just trusted the Lord. And so um, God was just incredibly faithful, and he orchestrated the whole movie. He orchestrated an incredible cast for us. Uh, and um, and so we that. trusted like, him. Chills that you're able to take those passions and put them Yeah. Together. Yeah, it was amazing. And so um, it took five years, actually, to make the movie which was a really long time. I, we never could have imagined that it would take that long, but a lot of things played into that. One was that um, it, we had to do the whole movie through fundraising. And so it took that long. We would just, we would fundraise and then we would do what we could as we had money to do it. Um, but then COVID hit. And so that threw another wrench into it, which actually ended up being a really good thing because so many parents brought their kids home because of COVID mm -hmm. and the movie came out in 2021. And oh, so it wow, was what a right, perfect time. It was amazing because that was the time where all these parents are like, what do we do? We don't want to put our kids back in school. And we were like, well, here's a movie all about homeschooling. And so, right? yeah, God that was, was just the good. same year that I released my first curriculum. So I definitely oh, yeah. yeah, like the boom that happened with that and just yes. like how hungry everybody was for knowledge. Yep. Yep. And still are. I mean, it's still mm -hmm. holding strong. You know, a lot of people have put their kids back in school, unfortunately, but a lot of parents have kept their kids home because they realized during that time that they could do it. They had thought about homeschooling. They're seeing what's going on in the public school system and they're disillusioned with it. And, you know, they thought, well, we could never homeschool. Mm -hmm. And then they were forced to bring their kids home and they were like, oh, well, on second thought, maybe I actually can do this. And so God's right. timing for the movie was absolutely perfect. Wow. That's I'm wonderful. I mean, you know, I was just talking this weekend about how so many people are opting out of systems that they thought that they needed and COVID made them realize they didn't need them. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's their homeschooling They're you know, some of them are going that route of growing their own food and those types of things, but there's mm -hmm. just so many other systems that people are saying, I thought I needed that. And I realized I don't know. Right. And I just, I love that draw of independence yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's been incredible so mm -hmm. so yeah so we've got the movie in the process of filming the movie um about a year or so into the movie about a year and a half into filming the movie we had met so many incredible people um that became you know cast members in the movie and and some that didn't even make it into the movie but that were just amazing people mm. and so my husband said I, I think we should start a podcast because we have access and we've become friends with all these people let's start a podcast and we can invite these people to come on and so that was almost six years ago that we started the podcast and uh, by god's grace it's still going and like i said we have two podcasts now but we talk about on the podcast all things homeschooling and family discipleship so kind of with the movie okay. and what was really cool about that was that the movie came out and we're like okay now you know all the whys of homeschooling here's now a podcast to take you through the journey of homeschooling your kids and discipling their hearts. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I love that there's so many resources like you out there. 
Um, you said you have two podcasts. What's the other one focused on? So the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast is our like main podcast. And that one we air Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday of every week. And it's basically a one hour long conversation that we break into three 20 minute episodes. And so it's, it's just, you know, mom, stay at home moms, homeschool moms don't usually have more than 20 minutes to listen to a podcast right. all at one time. And so um, it worked best over the years, we figured out to just break it into three 20 minute episodes. Um, so that's our main one. But then we have the homeschool insights podcast, which is really cool, because that one, uh, we take kind of the the most powerful bites of each podcast. We also have an online conference called the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. And um, so we take parts of the podcast, parts of the online conference. Um, I'm not sure if there's parts of the movie in there yet. If not, um, at some point, I'm sure there will be. Um, but the, that podcast we've only had for a year. And it's like 10 minutes or less of just kind of these power clips of really strong encouragement. And so Ooh. for the mom who doesn't have even 20 minutes, um, she can listen to this and usually every episode is somewhere between seven minutes and 10 minutes and that one is daily. And so um, that just oh, brings wow. kind of a daily dose of quick encouragement for the homeschool mom. Oh, you just gave me a new homework assignment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really love that. I mean, I know I listened to one of your guys's podcasts. It was the one you had with um, Abby on uh, recently. I think it was one. Um, oh, gosh, it was about a with month Abby ago. Halberstadt. No, Abby. Rinella. Oh, Abby Ranella. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you were talking, uh, she was talking about why you should homeschool and like yeah. mapping that through the Bible. And I was just yes. so energized from that conversation. I actually, that night had an opportunity to like share with a mom that had been drawn to homeschooling and didn't know if it was right for her family. And I was able to yeah. it just gave me so much energy to be able to teach her and give her inspiration and, you know, give her the information that you guys were able to share and your guys's name and told her to go look yeah. up, go listen to for herself. Cause I'm sure I was. Yeah. Butchering it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Abby's amazing. And um, that message is so good of, of the why, cause if you don't know your why of homeschooling, it's easy to give up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's like your why of anything, like, you know, if you don't know why you're married to your spouse, when things get hard, it's easy to just throw in the towel and say, you know, this is too hard. But when your why is because Jesus and because family, it changes your perspective on things. And so homeschooling is the same way. You have to understand why you're doing it in order to keep going on the hard days. Oh, absolutely. I, I kind of, I like chuckled when you started to say that because I teach the why of homesteading with a lot of what I do. Yeah. And our why is because science. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, because, you know, animals die if you don't water them. And that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so sometimes it's that simple with the kids, but <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Um, no, I love that. Um, you said that you have an, uh, an online summit that you do every year. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and what inspiration families can get from it? Sure. Yeah. Um, and we don't do it every year. We did it three years ago. Um, it was so okay. interesting. It was, we, we, our first one we did three years ago. Um, and it was right before COVID. It was right before everything shut down. And then we just hosted another one uh, back in February or March. That sounds right. Yeah. I think it was March. Um, and it's called the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. And it, it's really cool. It's a live interactive 
online conference. And so every one of our speakers comes on live and the audience can actually interact with them and, and ask questions and, you know, comment and stuff. And so it's super fun because there's people from all over the world who take part in this. And um, we had just an incredible speaker lineup this year. Um, and this year our focus, so the first year we did it, we really focused more on homeschooling and kind of on the how to homeschool. As a matter of fact, that episode you listened to with Abby on the why of homeschooling was taken from that first conference that we did. Oh, okay. Um, the second one that we did a couple months ago, we focused a lot on worldview and biblical authority and why that's important in our families and in the homeschool world. Because if you don't know what you're teaching, you, you have to know your why, but you also have to know what you're teaching your kids and by what worldview are you going to teach them. And um, so you you put all those things together and and it really makes parents think about what it is that we believe and why we believe what we believe and how are we going to teach that to our kids and how are we going to teach them that the bible is the ultimate authority over everything else no matter what culture is telling us god's word is not silent on the issues that we're facing in today's culture and, and so we're facing some really scary things and yeah. to be able to teach that there is an answer to that yeah absolutely and there's only one answer to that and that's the bible and mm -hmm. so we talked a lot about uh, biblical authority. And so it was really fun. I mean, we had some incredible speakers uh, for that conference. And so, so people can find out more about that on everything is at schoolhouserocked.com, which is our main website. You can find the homegrown generation conference there, both of our podcasts, the movie, all that stuff, which by the way, I don't, I don't think I said this, but the movie you can stream for free um, through oh, okay. our website, or you could go to schoolhouserockedmovie.com and it's free for people to watch it. Um, but the conference you can get uh, through there or you could get that at homegrowngeneration.com. And, um, and so even though people miss the live part of it, you can still access the entire conference. And we have a cool swag bag where people can get cool stuff. As a matter of fact, I think you contributed to the swag bag. I, yeah, um, I think I gave a coupon hall. or something. Yeah. 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 So there's lots of great resources in there for homeschool families um, that they can take advantage of. So yeah, it was a super fun conference. It was four days long and it was exhausting, but it was a lot yeah. of fun. It's so wonderful that you like offer your movie free because it's so many people need inspiration. And this, you know, there's days we've been homeschooling for almost eight years now. And there's days yeah. when I'm ready to put them all on the bus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever would, but there's days that right. I strongly think about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that's the time when you just pop in the movie and go, okay, <laughs> remind me again why I'm doing this. Yeah. Well, I just remind my kids they still have to milk the cow before they catch the bus at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and they're like, we love homeschooling. Mom. Right. That's funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> we live 40 minutes from town. So. Oh my goodness. Oh, Even yeah, if I drove them, they'd have to be up at four in the morning. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that's crazy. So I would love to hear if you have any advice, like some actionable advice for families that are, you know, either starting right at kindergarten or even as transitioning families? Yeah, well, you know, it's, um, that's a big question because it really oh, yeah. does depend <laughs> on where you're starting. If um, you're starting and you've got little ones who are just going into kindergarten um, or elementary school, take it easy. That's my greatest piece mm -hmm. of advice is just take it easy. You, we have this idea as parents, especially if we've never homeschooled before, and this is the one I, I, I want to say mistake, but it's not really a mistake. It's just a misunderstanding. I think it's a misconception. It's yeah. a misconception that homeschool moms have and homeschool dads have is that when you bring your kids home or if you start out homeschooling, that your homeschool should look like a traditional school. Like it should look like I'm the guilty. classroom. 
Oh, I'm me totally too. guilty. I did it for a good couple of years. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, most moms do, unless they've really studied homeschooling beforehand, mm-hmm. they do that. So you bring your kids home and, you know, I mean, we we went as far as to actually say the pre- Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Like we were going to make this look like school at home. And it puts so much pressure on the parent because you think that you need to make it look like a school room. You know, some mm-hmm. even have desks, which I mean, for some people, I, I suppose that works. Um, I did not like having to be dressed and my coffee drank before school started, but I right. felt like <laughs> if I expected them to be prepared, I needed to be prepared. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so we put so much pressure on ourselves as parents to think that it should look like school. And we set up our schedules to where, okay, we're going to start Bible time at eight and we're going to take a break at eight forty-five, and we're going to have a snack. And then at nine o'clock, we're going to do history. And then at 10 o'clock, we're going to have a recess and, and we make it look like a school day. And then we get about a day into homeschooling and we realize this isn't working. This is the most unrealistic thing ever. And then what happens is we feel like failures. We feel like we're doing it wrong because we can't make it look like it looks in a classroom or at a school. And the reality is that it shouldn't look like a classroom. It shouldn't look like a school. Schools are institutions that are created to make kids like robots to where they don't think for themselves. They have no time to explore or create or discover who they are, discover the world around them. They are meant to sit in a classroom and be taught and taught what to think, not how to think. And they're basically meant to be like little robots. They're meant to fit into this perfect little box that very, very few kids fit into. And then you wonder why these kids are struggling in the classroom. Well, it's because most kids are not meant to fit into that box. You've got those who are super smart and they are, you know, soaring far above their classmates. And so they're bored out of their minds. That was my husband as a kid. So Mm -hmm. he would get into trouble because he was just bored. Or you have those on the flip side who are struggling. That was me. And I could never keep up with my class. And so I was always frustrated. I, I started school, kindergarten at four. And I probably should have started at five, but I was always frustrated because I always felt like I was trying to run as fast as I could to keep up with my classmates. And I never could, I mean, even into my senior year of high school. Mm. And so I was left frustrated and, and no, you know, very few kids can fit into that box and no teacher can keep up with every kid in her classroom. And so you're left with kind of a mess. Well, in homeschooling, it doesn't look like that. It shouldn't look like that. When you're homeschooling your kids, you should be able to cater to their own strengths, their weaknesses. You slow down when you need to slow down. You speed up when you need to speed up. You learn what your kids' learning styles are, and you learn these things kind of organically. It's not like you have to sit and take a test before your kids come home and say, okay, what is your learning style? Are you auditory? Are you kinesthetic? Are you visual? You know, and and make this perfect plan. Like they They don't know. You don't know. And so you learn how your kids learn best and how you enjoy teaching best. And you put all those things together and it takes years to figure that out. But in the meantime, just taking a breath, taking your time, figuring out, okay, this is what works best for our family. And this is what it's going to look like. And then on top of that, you're, you've got little kids, you know, maybe a baby who you're nursing, or you've got toddlers who are hanging on your legs and you've got dinner to make and doctor's appointments and grocery shopping. All of those things make up homeschooling it all makes up our kids developing them into the adults that God has created them to become and giving them the opportunity and the time to discover who they are. And so I I think, you know, for those moms who are just starting their journey of homeschooling, go into it and realize, take it slow, you know, one thing at a time, figure Mm -hmm. out who your kids are. If you're bringing your kids home from school, 
spend some time just kind of de-schooling them. Like try to get out of your mind and theirs. I'm also guilty but, that I didn't do that. Yeah. Well, but, but yeah. You and I mean, I did it later guilty. though. It, yeah, two right. years later when I, or almost like a year and a half later when I realized I don't, we should have never done the school at home type thing. Right. And we did school. I just said, guess what? We're taking a break. And we took like six months off school. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Of course, we live in a state that doesn't care what we do. So, you know. Right. But you know what? You say you took six months off of school and um, and you yeah. took six months maybe off of academic workbooks and things mm-hmm. like that. But your kids were learning every single day. They were yes. learning things far beyond what they would ever be taught in a classroom. And yeah, we so, weren't putting in front of the TV for a second. Right, so. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> but yeah, well, our it depends kids on what you're watching. But you know, that, that's true. That's true. There are a lot of good educational shows that our kids can watch, but um, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't have to be as hard as we make it to be, and it shouldn't be that hard. And so, um, you know, taking it easy, finding community around you if you have that to do life and and school with you know this year my girls both did co-op classes and they were just individual classes it wasn't like they Mm -hmm. were at co-op all day every day um they took like cooking and home ec and um, a paramedics class and a writing class you know just fun stuff like that um and so it's fun to get involved in other things. Um, you don't have to do it all on your own. And you know, but- it does give them opportunities too. My daughter is taking a debate class at co-op this year. Yeah. And she went to a convention with me last month and she ended up getting up and talking while during my speech or my workshop that I was doing, she got up and addressed this room of like 150 people. Wow. Yeah. And I was just like, where did this come from? Right. <laughs> well, then I I sat in on her debate class the other day and her teacher was giving each of the kids a compliment. And he goes, and Savannah came in being afraid to even talk to the group mm. to where now she can command a room. Right. Yeah. And I was just like, yes. Like I see that in her. Yep. Yep. Because God so. will use that. I mean, if he's given her the gift p- to be able to communicate that way, you know, he... Mm-hmm. He can and will use that for his glory and for his kingdom. And that's what our kids need to realize is that they were born with a purpose. I tell my girls all the time that God created them on purpose and for a purpose. And so our job, even way higher than math and history and science, is for them to figure out who God created them to be, why he created them, and what their purpose is here on this earth. And they'll find that. They, you know, what I have found, so we did the school at home for a long time because we have one, a very oppositional teenager mm-hmm. who we had to provide that structure. He would find those loopholes and be yeah. like, well, we didn't do school on Monday because there was doctor's appointments. So I don't feel like we have to do school any Monday now. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was very like, I even had to like schedule doctor's appointments outside of school hours. And I mean, it was so a few years ago, he actually started working outside the home and he, I mean, he's doing wonderfully now. He's an electrician's apprentice. He makes more than I've ever made in my life and <laughs> is working on, you know, going to community college one day a week towards his apprenticeship program. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that was the right move for him. And that was awesome. But my five-year-old this year, he's like, I don't want to learn how to read mom. I only want to learn math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, okay, whatever, you know, yeah. like you're still sitting in my lap and we're reading the math book, you know, yep. it's a yep. start and he's five. So, you know, they oh, yeah. seven-year-olds, it's like, you know, they aren't really like programmed and ready to learn until almost oh, seven. Yeah. yeah. So yesterday we were working in the garden and he has a bug collecting kit and he collected, I don't know, like 13 different types of bugs Wow. and had them all in his kit and was like, when we go in tonight, can we get a book and find these? Yeah. Wow. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. So we come in and we get the book out and he's like, but I can't read it. 
Oh, okay. Well, I'll read it to you this morning. As soon as I walked out the door, like to get my coffee, he had his reading book ready and wanted me to teach him how to read. Uh huh. Yeah. And this is, I mean, I have six months of a conversation trying to get him to read where he's like, we'll talk about this later, mom. (laughs) (laughs) That was his exact words. We'll talk about this later. Yeah. So now he's like, he wants to know what kind of bugs he found. Yeah. And doesn't want to have to wait for me to teach him. Yeah. You know, it's, and I think a lot of moms need to almost hear that story or stories like that to acknowledge that you don't always have to force every subject on them. They're going to, you're going to seek that out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Kids, kids learn at different levels and at different paces um, throughout their whole childhood. And every kid is different. You know, my, Mm -hmm. my oldest daughter, um, she, she could read, but she did not like to read and she would not pick up a book until she was, and I read to her a lot, Mm -hmm. but until she was probably about nine, eight or nine, um, and this is kind of a funny story. Actually, my husband worked on um, a couple of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. Oh, fun! And so she watched those movies, and she thought they were hilarious, and they're they're super silly. Um, but someone gave her—I don't even know where we got them from—the Diary of a Wimpy Kid books. And I was like, "Oh, those books are just garbage. Those are not good for her to read. They're twaddle," you know, in the words of Charlotte Mason. Um, we actually and, did have to like gather those all up and remove them from the house. Oh yeah, after. yeah, because they're not. Not they're, that they're—I don't think they're bad necessarily. But no, 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 they're not. It got, a, it got obsessive just, with our one child. So yeah, they're just stupid. <laughs> and so, um, so she wanted to read them. And I was like, no, 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 let's read these other good books. And my husband finally was like, she's asking to read a book. Like she has never right. asked to read a book before ever. And you know, the chapters are super short. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just like a few words and a couple pages and then you're done. And so she read this book and it took her two days to read the first one. And she was like, mom, I finished my first chapter book by myself and I was like, well, now we had already read through the entire little house on the prairie series. We had read Heidi. We had read a whole bunch of really good literature, but this was the first book she picked up. And, and it was like, that's what it took for her to go. Oh yeah. I actually can read on my own and build the confidence that she needed. And she read them all one time and that was it. She didn't feel like she needed to read them again. Um, But you know, every kid is different. And my, my youngest daughter, Mm -hmm. she was reading by the age of, I think six, um, she could read pretty well on her own and, um, and she was just ready earlier. And so God made them all different. Right. Well, you know, I have, my teens are neurodivergent and they kind of get obsessive on certain things. And one of them happened to be, they were in a reading competition. Like it was called battle of the books in the third grade where they have to read like 10 books. And then they did like a bowl thing on it like a trivia bowl and I mean their team went to like grand champions and stuff that's the only books they want to read and they're in the eighth grade now yeah <laughs> like you've got to read something else like they're good books but they aren't that good you know and um I found these books at Walmart I don't know a few months ago and it was it was a set of three books and it was like teens you know having fun and finding themselves over the summer or something and I was like okay let's try it you know and I brought it home and they're like halfway through the first book and they're like, they're having a party at the lake and they're drinking. And I'm like, oh, great. Oh, like, no. <laughs> that was not really what I wanted to teach you. But yeah. I'm like, so what do you think? And they're like, I think they're being kind of dumb. But other than that, they're having fun. And I was like, okay, okay, I can, we, we can work, <laughs> we can have this conversation because, right. you know, 
the truth is we live in a rural community where that is like what a lot of the teens do is they go and party at the lake and they drink and yeah. let's have that conversation via a book rather, rather than me finding you at a party at the lake. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I was absolutely. kind of okay with it after I like reevaluated like my original panic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cause man. then I realized that's a lot of what I do with these two teens because they're more sheltered than my older teens were just because of, you know, the public's when we pulled them out of public school and stuff. And yeah they hear about things and they see them on TV and they see their older brother doing it. And I don't want to just immerse them into unsavory things. Right. So I kind of like, this is happening. How do you feel about it? You know? And I'd rather them learn it at home with me where we can have these healthy conversations to go off to college and suddenly be immersed in that culture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, homeschooling, provides us with such an opportunity to be able to be the ones to talk to our kids about mm-hmm. life's issues and struggles. And, you know, they're, they're, somebody is going to disciple your kids, someone, mm-hmm. and that can be you, or that can be the world, or that can be a public school teacher, or that can, you know, be even a youth pastor. Um, but it's, I, I think that's where so many people get it wrong is they think it's someone else's job to teach mm-hmm. your kids. They think it's the teacher's job or the youth pastor's job or the pastor's job. Mm-mm. And it's not, it's your job. God gave them to you. And it's your job as their parent to be the one to teach them the things and not that you can't have other people influence their lives as well. I think that's important to have people that you trust, but as their parent, God has given us the responsibility mm-hmm. to train them up, to teach them truth, um, and to help guide them through these crazy, rocky years of childhood and going into adulthood because it's scary and uh, and no one's going to do it like we will. You know, no one loves our kids like we love them because mm-hmm. they're ours. Yeah, no one has their best interest in mind like we do because they belong to us. God has entrusted them to us, and so it's it's a big responsibility, um, but one that I think is the greatest privilege in the whole world. It- it really is. And I'm so thankful that I've been able to have as many years of influence uh, on my kids as I've been able to deciding to start homeschooling eight years ago when, yeah. and you know, my, for my two younger ones, they've never even been to school. Yeah. Well, besides co-op and they, although I did have a child at co-op the other day, tell me that he doesn't think he should have to go to co-op because that's part of the system. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, sit down and make your pickles. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was a little bit proud this six-year-old was like, you know, bucking the system with me. Yeah. But That's hilarious. I was like, I feel really bad for your mom right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's She's funny. like, I just wanted him to get out the door this morning. <laughs> That's a but, yeah. I always, I always love those ones that have something to say. And then I'm glad that they go home to their parents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, I actually, I always forget the quote and I think it's probably one of the most, I don't know. I want to say, I don't want to say inspirational co- quotes because the quote is not inspirational, but it inspires me. And it was that when, what Rockefeller said about starting traditional schools, it was to give his, you know, like his workers, kids, a place to go so that they could work. And he actually said something along the lines of, I don't want thinkers. I want workers. Hmm. And like I said, I can never remember exactly. I should have looked it up, but you know how that goes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But every time I hear that, I like, obviously his quote wasn't inspirational, but it inspires me to remember why I don't let my kids be part of that system. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, I think that people don't realize how very dangerous that system is for kids and for their development. Um, you know, one of the verses that my husband and I reflect on a lot and have ever since we started homeschooling our girls is Psalm 1. And I think Psalm 1 is, uh, people oft, often, they'll recite Deuteronomy 6, you know, that we're to teach them diligently, um, you know, teach God's laws to our children diligently when they sit in their house, when they walk by the way, when they lie down, when they rise. Um, and, and yes, that's true. We should do all of those things. But when it comes to the public school system, I th always think of Psalm 1 and it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is on the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. And our kids cannot meditate day and night on the law of the Lord if they're away from us. And they are walking in the counsel of the wicked when they are in these public institutions for 40 hours a week. I mean, the, yeah. the, the number changes depending on who you talk to, but kids are, if your kids go to, to school between kindergarten and 12th grade, they are under the care of someone else and under the discipleship of someone else for somewhere between 12,000 and 16,000 hours of their childhood. I mean, that's a lot of time. And that depends on, you know, if they're involved in sports and extracurricular mm -hmm. activities and things like that, but 12 to 16 hours, 16,000 hours of their childhood spent under the instruction and discipleship of someone else who may or may not believe the way that you believe. That's a really, really, that's a big influence. And then we wonder why our kids are coming out of these schools and, you know, they, they don't, believe what we've taught them to believe they're just completely off the rails there and and it's sad i was actually talking to a couple moms at our co-op a few weeks ago and we were talking about behavior and how a lot of parents will say you know oh i could never homeschool my kids because you know they're i just couldn't stand to be around them all day and i said well the reason for that is because they're not the ones raising their kids parents will say you know man my kids just they're out of control i don't understand it yep they sure are because someone else is raising them for 40 hours a week. And then they yeah. come home and you wonder why they're not abiding by your rules and your laws because mm -hmm. you only have them for a couple of hours a day at best, in addition to bedtime and bath time and homework and all of that. And so the influence that the parents have on these kids is very minimal. And I don't think that most parents realize that. And so, you know, he who has the heart of the child for the longest is the one who has the greatest influence mm -hmm. on them. And uh, so who is that going to be? Yeah. And I mean, really like to think about the amount of time, you know, I think about that a lot myself, you know, with my kids, like I said, we live 40 minutes from town, just the bus ride in itself is half their yeah. day. Right. And I, especially in the rural community we live in, like my eighth graders, if they went to the junior high in town, when they get out of school, then they'd have to go on the bus doesn't bring them straight home. It goes and picks up the high schoolers and then the grammar schoolers and then drops everybody off at the same time. Yeah. And then we would be the last stop because we're all the way at the Canadian border. Yeah. So, I mean, and then for us to drive to town twice a day at 40 minutes, that's a lot, you know, yeah. on us as well. So, you know, they do that and then they do sports or they do FFA or right. they go hang out with friends after school or something. And we would literally never see our children. And then you add homework on top of that. It just right. wouldn't even be possible. Yeah. You know, and I'm so thankful now I, I joke that we are eclectic traditional unschoolers right? <laughs> <laughs> because we get to do what works for our family. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> and you know, yeah. that's, we get to have the curriculum that works for each child. Yeah. We get to, we sit down two or three days a week and focus on all of our, you know, algebra and 
grammar and those types of things. And we spend the rest of the week learning how it feels good to us. Yeah. Yeah. How to make a pickle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, that was that was actually what we were doing co-op that day. We were making pickles, but that's so funny. Have you ever <laughs> seen that Andy Griffith episode where Aunt B makes pickles in a jar? I think for, I it's have, like a, but it was a really long time ago. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, yeah, funny. she she enters this pickle making contest, and and her pickles apparently are horrible tasting, and so oh, they no. they throw them away, and she thinks that they ate them all. So she's like, I must make more. And and anyway, so it's it's a really funny episode. But I love Andy Griffith. Yeah, I, I made pickles with my co op, and then all the we we did refrigerator pickles. So they didn't have to worry about canning them. Oh, fun. they all come back the next week. They're like they were good but sour, and I'm like, well, <laughs> that's what a pickle is, you know. That's so fun. But the kids were pretty excited to get to see what it, what really went into making one of their favorite snacks. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's the type of stuff that I love about homeschooling and, you know, yeah. even just what I do, but yeah. So as we're getting closer to the end of our time, my favorite question to ask everybody is what does keep growing mean to you? Oh man. Um, that's a good question. I know for me personally, um, keep growing means to just keep growing in the Lord. I mean, I, I feel like there's so much I have to learn about, God and his, um, you know, just his character and who he is and why Jesus came and how best to serve him and how to just understand the Bible. I mean, sometimes I, I've been a Christian a long time and I read my Bible and sometimes I still read it. I'm like, I don't even know what this means and how does it pertain to me? But as my husband always reminds me, you know, the more you read it, the more, the better, the better you'll understand it. And, um, and so just trying to grow in my relationship with the Lord constantly and then passing that on to my girls uh, because there's no there's no greater joy. I mean, you know, Third uh, John 1, 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Mm. And that's truly the desire of my heart is for my girls to walk in truth, for them to know Jesus, for them to love him and to follow him and to obey him and to live their lives in a way that honors him. And if I'm not doing that myself and I, if I'm not growing in that, then I can't expect my girls to do that either. And so my greatest desire is to continue growing until the day I die, because I'm never going to understand everything there is to know about him um, as God. Um, but I think that that's on purpose. I mean, I think if we got to the point where we knew everything that we needed to know about him, we wouldn't have to have faith and we would, we would be fine without him. Right. Cause then we would know it all. Um, but I think he, he keeps that mystery in there on purpose so that we will continue seeking him. So, um, growing for sure for me is just growing in my walk with the Lord and passing that on to my girls. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you for that. That thought, I mean, it just, yeah. it, it enlightens me. So, uh, well, thank you so much for our talk today. I know yeah. that you have uh, mentioned where everyone could find you before, but if, if you want to run down that real quick, sure. let everyone know where they can reach out to you. And yeah, the best place to find everything about me and, and the ministry that we have is at schoolhouserocked.com. It's R O C K E D schoolhouserocked.com. And you can find everything on there. You can find both of our podcasts, which of course you can find on any podcast app as well. We have, um, I don't know, 600 and something episodes now, I think between the two podcasts, um, and you can find um, the movie through the website. You can find Homegrown Generation Family Expo, which, of course, like I said, people can still sign up and have access to that whole conference. Um, we just did it a couple months ago. And uh, so there's plenty of plenty of great information on there um, as well that will really encourage people. Um, and, uh, and we also have a free 
Um, it's the homeschool survival kit, which is a free download that people can get off of our website as well. As a matter of fact, I think when you stream the movie, um, you put in your email to stream it, and I think you will get that um, homeschool survival kit kind of as a bonus to streaming the movie as well. Um, so all oh, that is awesome. up there and lots and I'll lots make sure of resources. I, oh, sorry. I'll make sure I link all that as well. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today and yeah. I can't wait to see where you head in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cody, for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education. And I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at The Homestead Education and Instagram at homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at thehomesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!